Hey there, it's Riley Blanks-Reed, and you're listening to Self-Regard. This show elevates the depths of compassionate introspection through topics on mental health, creativity, higher consciousness, and identity. In this first six-part series of solo episodes, I will explore the delicate intersections that define our personas, such as relationships, race, habits, wellness, and solitude. The way I see it, self-regard is neither high nor low. In its purest form, it is living in a neutral state of harmony through the lens of self-respect. Join me as I reflect intimately and get excited because following this first capsule of episodes, I'll uncover fascinating, comprehensive conversations with revolutionary minds. As a Black, biracial woman, I have experienced the burden of racial bias and colorism, the difficulties of belonging, and the conundrums that come with my physical attributes. But I am also deeply proud of my familial background and grateful for knowing my story. Like many factors of identity, I traverse complicated paradoxes. Recently, I was making my way through a quaint, quirky town in West Texas called Marfa. They say it's where cowboys and artists coexist and where the line between high art and low culture is delightfully blurred. It's trendy and relatively contemporary, and yet you can feel its history. I had just eaten lunch at a charming cafe. The sun was hanging high. I was getting ready to hit the road on my last stretch to Austin. The lady behind the counter, middle-aged and black, who remembered my name, smiled at me sweetly and gave me anti-vibes asked me about my trip and if I was traveling alone. I told her I was driving solo, but that I was almost home. Like out of a movie, she leaned in close and said, please be safe and aware. There are a lot of people around here who want things to go back to the way they used to be. Sometimes when I move through the world, I forget what I look like. I mean, I can see my hands swinging besides me, and I know the feeling of not belonging all too well. But after a few how are you's, or even when I'm just doing my own thing in flow state, I'm not always paying attention to the way I look, the way other people look, and all of the minutiae swirling around us. It's jarring when I'm snapped back into reality. There are 1,700 people in Marfa. Less than 1% of the population there is Black, supposedly. And from the times I've traveled there, including during its well-known festival, I can affirm, when it comes to race... I don't fit in. And according to my new friend, I'm not entirely safe either. I just told you that I forget what I look like, but I wonder, am I just convincing myself, hoping for a world where I don't have to put up with this shit? I've heard white experts on identity claim that race and culture aren't qualitative factors, and every time I do, I boil with frustration. Exactly who are those experts speaking to? I can assure you, it's not me. But here's the thing. I pass. Not only am I half black and half white, I know both sides of my story well. I've spent ample amounts of time with each side of my family. We're close. And I deeply understand who and what I come from, which is a privilege. It's given me a unique ability to dance cross-culturally, to fly beneath aggressive, racist radars, sometimes, and to create seats in rooms that might not otherwise let me in. 
My skin color can be confusing because while it has incited hate, confusion, and cruelty, it has also beckoned love, reward, lust, and hospitality. My cross to bear is oftentimes not overt because my skin is not dark. When the racial aspect of my lived experience gets ugly, it often looks like objectification, tokenism, and passive language. My family's history on my dad's side is one of resilience and persistence rooted in the struggles of Black and Indigenous people for land and freedom. In the mid-1800s, my great-great-granddad Samson July crossed back and forth between the unstable border of Texas and Mexico. He had traveled 1,000 miles from the Okeechobee region of Florida to Indian Territory, called Oklahoma today. However, the government reneged its promise to grant freedom. Even though Lincoln's proclamation was relayed to Texas in 1865, Black folks were still not free. Thus, Samson and his comrades were attacked by the feds who were trying to re-enslave them. In 1875, after fleeing, Samson was enlisted as a Seminole scout, serving to secure the Texas-Mexico border by fighting alongside the Seminole Indians in northern Mexico. The U.S. offered post-fighting freedom and land ownership to Black Seminoles. So they moved back into Texas territory and stationed themselves at Fort Clark in Brackettville, Texas. They continued to fight alongside the Seminole Indians and ultimately secured the land. The U.S. made good on the freedom that they had already granted through the Civil War, but they didn't honor the promise of land. In fact, the Black Seminoles were ultimately kicked off of their base camp. Black and Indigenous people have been denied land for centuries in multiple capacities. In fact, to this day, if you look at the demographics of the neighborhood I live in, in Austin, you will see that negative 1% Black people live in the neighborhood, the presence of my family included. This episode is brought to you by Spiritune. I've been using this app on a daily basis to aid in calming my anxiety, getting me in the zone for work, and helping me decompress at the end of the day. I have found that Instrumental rhythmic music is nourishment for my brain. Spiritune combines music therapy and neuroscience to enhance your emotional well-being, no matter your mood. Based on research from leading institutions like NYU and Stanford, Spiritune creates personalized, science-driven, melodic experiences to invoke certain emotions in the brain. The app provides a seamless experience. Simply choose your current mood and desired feeling, and Spiritune will transition you into an intentional playlist that helps you reach your emotional goals. From folding clothes to tackling work projects, taking showers to getting to sleep, Spiritune has brought me immense comfort and support. And lucky for you, they're offering self-regard listeners 40% off a yearly subscription using the code TUNEIN23. That's all caps, T-U-N-E-I-N-2-3. Reimagine your mental health with Spiritune to feel great, focus better, and relax easily. Samson July continued to fight for dwelling in Texas, and his descendants went on to occupy land in northern Mexico in Del Rio, Texas. Today, we too continue to claim space through property ownership and storytelling as we fight to elevate our family's legacy. Through our work, our love, and our loyalty, we strive to make lifelong contributions in the most positive ways to our society at large. The tale of the Black Seminoles is one of the most overlooked stories in the African diaspora across the world. 
It is a reminder that the sustainability of our culture is uplifted by our archives. A people's presence can never be erased if those people continue to persist. I recall how I felt when I first moved to Austin, entirely out of place. I felt violated as strangers threw their hands in my hair. I got in debates with ignorant acquaintances who spewed microaggressions at dinners, and I cringed as I made my way through segregated events, desperately hoping to find an environment that felt like the cultured home I grew up in. I've been told I'm a pretty black person because I have white features. I've been referred to as a big black thing. I've been casted as the accessible, ethnically ambiguous girl, and I still wonder if I get invited to all white spaces to make them look progressive. My answer has always been, how can I communicate artfully in an effort to create stimulus and awareness? I navigate spaces as both photographer and person being photographed, as both creative director and talent, as writer and informant, and with that comes a deep level of vulnerability, but no greater than the vulnerability of my skin. It's interesting that the one-drop rule has defined Black people, despite the fact that mixed-race people have different experiences, come from diverse places with deep ancestral roots, stigmatized happenings, and a multitude of stories. Yet the way we present ourselves, the hue of our skin, the texture of our hair, the beauty of our faces, and the lines of our body is all that seems to matter. As mixed-race people, we have felt the need to legitimize, stifle, or perform in an effort to claim a box so that we don't have to sit in otherness. We have defended our roots because they are what make us proud. But identity isn't defined by assumptions or even beliefs. It's marked by values. And our identities have an interior view. I have claimed, loved, and basked in what it means to be Black while acknowledging the impact of my whiteness and considering the discrepancies in my experiences. All can be true. And equally, while our society is deeply fastened to the foundational violence that constructed our country— And while the carceral world needs a complete overhaul, I cannot put my joy, passion, and insurgence on hold to pour into a flawed system. I think that oftentimes the world I navigate is like a coloring book with no line art. There is little infrastructure. There is loose framework. There are pages torn out, and some of the instructions are really insulting. But I've been blessed with a really beautiful box of crayons just begging to be used. There might be blank chaos. There might be risk. There might be Marfa. But there is also hope. There is also color. To be a joyful, resilient, Black, biracial woman who roots down is to pick up those crayons fearlessly and to use them. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your listening ears are the heartbeat of this podcast. If you have a moment, please subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is instrumental in the growth and visibility of self-regard. You can meet me on Instagram at Riley Blanks Reed, and you can always drop some thoughts in my inbox at Riley at WokeBeauty.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, remember, you can have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful. Music and audio production by Angelica Ray, graphic design by Daniela Marti, and visuals by Christina Fisher.